0: Hello and welcome to the AWS Podcast. Simon Alicia here in Las Vegas. This is the last night of recording of the podcast in Vegas because we finished the conference. There's one more day to go, but all the big announcements have taken place and uh, you may or may not have heard what's been going on, so I'll try and get you up to speed. The first thing that was announced was the new AWS Personal Health Dashboard. So you'd be familiar with the Health Dashboard, which tells you what the services are doing at AWS, but what about things that affect you? So what if your particular services that you're using are affected in some way or something's going wrong, well, now there's a new personal health dashboard. And this provides you with information that is of direct interest to you. So essentially what it's doing is making sure that it's giving you a summarized view and a personalized view of the availability of the AWS services that you are using, along with alerts and triggers that are related to the health and changes of those particular services. So this gives you a really nice, easy way to see what's going on. With minimum fuss, it also means you don't have to wonder if uh, you know other people are being affected or you're being affected. Really, you can see that you are the one being affected by particular events. You can automate your responses to particular notifications that are taking place. It's got an API, of course, as well. Very, very powerful, and it is available to you if you're using AWS Business Support or AWS Enterprise Support. Now, speaking of things protective in nature, one of the things that we often see on Applications that are on the internet is of course distributed denial of service attacks or DDoS attacks. A very common thing that takes place. And there are three types of DDoS attacks. There are application layer attacks, state exhaustion attacks, and volumetric attacks. And these have different mitigations that you need to be put in place. One of the new announcements is something called <coughs> AWS Shield. AWS Shield is a managed service that protects your web applications against DDoS attacks. It works together with Elastic Load Balancing, Amazon CloudFront and Amazon Route 53, and it protects against many different styles of attacks. Now, the good news is, is that AWS Shield standard is available to all AWS customers at no extra cost. It protects you from 96% of the most common attacks that you'll see, things like SYNAC floods, reflection attacks, HTTP slow reads, etc. You automatically get this protection transparently applied to your Elastic Load Balancer, CloudFront Distributions, and Route 53 resources. Now, if you need more, there is the AWS Shield Advanced capability. And this provides additional DDoS mitigation capability for volumetric, volumetric attacks, uh, intelligent attack detection, and things that really affect the application and network layer. Also, you get 24 by 7 access to a DDoS response team, that is the DRT, to help with real-time reports. The other thing you get is cost protection to guard against bill spikes in the aftermath of a DDoS attack. So some really great capabilities there to help you out. There were some goodies for developers today. Uh, one of the big ones was something called AWS Code Build, which is a fully managed build service. Now, if you've been building any types of systems, you know that a build server is a critical part of continuous integration and continuous deployment pipelines. You also know that you spend a lot of time building servers, scaling them, patching, making sure you've got enough, etc. Now you don't have to anymore. Now you can build your code and test your code on a minute by minute basis. In fact, the prices start at just half of one cent per minute. CodeBuild is a managed build service. It's elastic, scalable, and easy to use. All you do is you create a build project that contains the information you need. So a source repository, a build environment, IAM role, build spec, compute type, And away it goes, it does it for you. Very, very simple. We're launching it at the moment with support for Linux builds and are going to plan, uh, we plan to add support for Windows in the near future as well as others. It's a great augmentation to an existing pipeline. You can plug it in using the uh, existing SDK API or command line, or you could add it to your code deploy as well. You have lots and lots of choices there. In my opinion, the Mm -hmm. most awesome thing that was introduced for developers is a new service called AWS X-Ray. And this helps you trace requests from beginning to end across all the touch points of your application. You can trace data from code running on EC2 instances, including ECS containers, AWS Elastic Beanstalk, API Gateway, and Lambda, and more. You can collect information all along the way, visualize it, and view it easily. You can then track and understand where problems might be occurring, do performance analysis, and other really cool stuff. There is so much to this service. It's a great one to start with. It is available in preview form now in all 12 public AWS regions, so you can start using it today. As you can imagine, we'll iterate on this really heavily based upon what developers say they like to do, but it is something to get started with. It is a great way to understand what's going on across all the components that make up your application. Now, have you ever wanted to apply some code or intelligence at your edges, at your cloud front edge locations? Well, I'd like you to meet Lambda at Edge. This is a new capability that allows you to run Lambda-based processing models using JavaScript code across our ever-growing network of edge locations. So you can write very lightweight request processing logic that does things very, very quickly at the CloudFront distribution location. Now, you can run code in response to four distinct events, viewer request, origin request, viewer response, and origin response. And you can get access to lots of the information that's flowing up and down. Now, remember your JavaScript code is part of the request response path, so it has to be very well optimized. You can't make calls to other web services, it can't access other AWS resources, and it has to run within 128 meg of memory and complete within 50 milliseconds. But you know what? You can get a lot done in that time. This is currently in limited preview, so you can make an application for it if you like, but a great step forward in terms of adding some intelligence to the edge for your applications. Now, it seems we're building more and more complex and distributed systems to service uh, business needs these days, and that's a good thing, but it can be tricky to... Uh, coordinate everything together. So we're introducing another new service. This one's called AWS Step Functions. And this allows you to coordinate the components of your application as a series of steps in a visual workflow. Essentially, you create state machines. You remember learning about state machines, don't you? In the console, and you specify the steps to execute your application at scale. It gives you a really simple visual representation to build your application's dependencies that you can also store using JSON, etc., as an output. So you have an artifact that you can use. You can also check the health of the different steps and whether things are working as well as the types of performance criteria, etc. It is a very, very handy little capability. It's available now and you can start using it in US East Northern Virginia, US East Ohio, US West Oregon, EU Island and Asia Pacific Tokyo regions. As part of the free tier, you can use up to 4,000 state transitions per month at no charge, after which you pay uh, two and a half cents for every 1,000 state transitions. Another fascinating announcement that was made today is something called Blocks B-L-O-X. This is a new open source project that we're sponsoring that relates to the use of Amazon ECS, the Elastic Container Service. This is an open source project, as I mentioned, that includes a service that consumes the event stream, uses it to track the state of a cluster and makes a state accessible via a set of REST APIs. It also includes a daemon scheduler that runs one copy of a task on each container instance in a cluster. So what this means is you can build some really interesting things with this in terms of uh, scheduling, clustering, all kinds of different activities can be done. It's really something to be built upon. Blocks, B-L-O-X, check it out, start to contribute because it promises to be a really interesting undertaking. The next announcement I want to share with you is really a version 2.0 of a service that we released a while ago called AppStream. And this is called Amazon AppStream 2.0, and it's all about streaming desktop apps from AWS. Now, the original AppStream went a long way, but it was quite limited and customers said, hey, we wanna get a better result. So the team have worked really hard Addressing these concerns, and here are some of the benefits they've brought to the table for AppStream 2.0. You can run desktop applications securely on any device in a HTML5 web browser on Windows and Linux PCs, Macs, and Chromebooks. You get instant on access to desktop applications wherever the users are, so no delays, no big files, no installations, super quick. Very simple end-user interface, so users can run in full-screen mode. They can open multiple applications within a browser tab and switch between them. You can also upload files to a session, access them and edit them, download them when you're done. You can print, listen to audio and adjust your bandwidth to optimize your network conditions. It's all secure, runs in AWS, only encrypted pixels are streamed to end users. So it's very, very secure. It's of course a fully managed service. So you're not managing infrastructure or services, etc. AppStream 2.0 does the whole thing for you, does the scaling, etc., which means you get consistent and scalable performance. You can also choose between different streaming instance types for your applications. You can use general purpose, compute-optimized and memory-optimized family-type instances to reduce uh, your cost and to improve your performance. It is available now in US East North Virginia, US West Oregon, Europe Island, and Asia Pacific Northeast Tokyo regions. So give it a go, try it out, see what you think. Are you still with me? How are you traveling there? Lots of announcements these few days, hasn't it? And, uh, a few more to come. Nearly done. The next one, IPv6 for EC2. Yes, it is here. IPv6 support for EC2, we've already got it for S3, for CloudFront, for WAF and for Route 53. And now we're providing IPv6 support for VPC and EC2 instances running in those VPCs. The initial support is launching in US East Ohio and is on the way for others as well. So you can start using that. We are also providing IPv6 support for Direct Connect and a new egress only internet gateway for IPv6. Now this is an interesting little thing that exists simply because with IPv6, everything has an internet address. So the egress only gateway or the EGW uh, allows you to implement private subnets for your VPCs. It's much easier to set up and use than a fleet of NAT instances and it's available to you at no cost. You can block incoming traffic while still allowing outbound traffic. It's kind of like an internet gateway tied to a security group. You can create an EGW in all the usual ways, and you can use it to impose the restrictions you want on inbound IPv6 traffic. If you're using IPv4, you still use NAT instances or the NAT gateway as well. Now, this is available to you at no extra charge. It's all there just for you to use. You know, it's really interesting. We often talk about distributed apps and high-performance apps and low-latency apps and user experience, but a lot of computing is still batch-based computing. It's used by movie studios, scientists, researchers, numerical analysts, people who want lots and lots of cycles to do parallel processing and other types of non time critical processing at scale. So, we have a new service called AWS Batch, and it is a set of fully managed batch capabilities. It allows administrators, developers, and users to be able to access all the power of the cloud without having to provision, manage, monitor, or maintain clusters. Nothing to buy. No software to install. This is a classic getting rid of the undifferentiated heavy lifting. You simply run your container images and applications on a dynamically scaled set of EC2 instances. Easy, efficient, designed for the cloud. You can take advantage of EC2, EC2 Spot. You can use other services like Amazon S3, Dynamo, DB, and SNS. You can even run batch jobs using Lambda as well. Of course, you can use ECS in addition to that. This is a really powerful capability that we'll do a deep dive in on coming episodes. It's available in preview today in USC's North Virginia region, and there'll be lots of regional expansion and more features as well. There's no charge for using it. You simply pay for the underlying AWS resources that you consume. And last but not least, we have the final service announcement today. This one is called Amazon Pinpoint. And unsurprisingly, it's about targeted campaigns. It's the way that you can send messages to your users directly using segmentation. It allows you to create real-time analytics with dashboards that analyze your user engagement, monetization, demographics, customer events, and funnels, so you can figure out how customers are using your applications. And you can define target segments based upon a number of different inputs. These notifications that get sent out are targeted and personalized, and you get much more engagement, and customers like using it better because it makes more sense to them. So really, really great way to improve that mobile experience in a really effective way. They've done a great job on the console. When you jump in and have a look, I think you'd be quite impressed with how easy it is to use from the AWS Mobile Hub console. It is available now uh, in US East Northern Virginia, and we plan to expand it to other regions as well. So have a play, see what you think, and um, enjoy. So that brings to the end this uh, very late night coverage of... 2016 Amazon reInvent. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've certainly enjoyed sharing some of the excitement with you. It's been a pretty amazing event. It really is something to get to if you get the opportunity sometime. We'll take a break of podcasting for next week so that you can catch up all all the announcements and absorb all that. And we do love to get your feedback. In fact, I've got some lovely messages from podcast listeners. I've appreciated catching up with you over here as well, wherever I've been able to. I hope some of you got some stickers. I'm sorry I didn't get to meet everyone I wanted to, but uh, I know you've been enjoying listening to it and I really do appreciate it. As ever, feedback, Podcast at amazon.com. Uh, give us a rating on iTunes if you feel like it. And until next time, with all these new toys that we have, keep on building.